Welcome to the Buck and Strutton Podcast, the chronicles of two unlegendary public land hunters. Your home for hunting tactics, strategies, and stories. guys welcome back to the uh the buck and strutton podcast today on the show dustin and i are joined with nate thomas from missouri woods and water nate how you doing man good fellas how y'all doing we're uh we're doing good we're uh <laughs> real happy this this uh hot streak is kind of over with the temperature yeah um i got a funny story for you on that actually my dumb ass last week when it was uh, what I call like the devil's asshole hot. Um, <laughs> I decided to do some manual labor and it was right before I was scheduled to go to the doctor. And uh, I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll do it. And I did it and it, it bothered me. So I go to the doctor and what I suspected I had, I did have. I've, so I've got an abdominal hernia oh, and shit. my dumb butt is out there trying to work in hundred degree weather throwing rocks around and uh my wife's like you have got to be the one of the dumbest people i know why are you doing this in the middle of the day and you know my response is well who else is going to do it i mean i got to get it done <laughs> so i do have a hernia so that sucks so for for those people out there that that don't know will the does a hernia just go away on itself or do you have to get surgery no I, it's uh it's one in your stomach and so I, the doctors, I asked her, I said, well, a couple questions, actually. I was like, first off, do I have to have surgery? And she's like, yes, most likely you'll require surgery at some point. And I said, okay, well, how long do you have to recover? And it's usually several weeks. Ain't and no I'm like, well, here's the thing. In five weeks, I'm going to Colorado to go elk hunting. And uh, I need to know can I go? She's like, Oh yeah, you should be good. I mean, the only, the only risk you have is what's called a strangulation of the hernia. And I'm like, so what's that? <laughs> she says, well, it's when basically too much of it pokes through and you lose all blood flow and uh, you're going to require emergency surgery. And I'm like, I don't know if you know this or not lady, but I'm going to be like at least two hours away from any medical help. <laughs> <laughs> so like, is it like a guarantee that it's going to happen or small chance? And she's like, Oh no, it's a small chance. So I think I'm going to Colorado with the hernia. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean that that's <laughs> <laughs> two hours in the back country. Doesn't sound real ideal to have <laughs> a medical emergency, but no. no, she acted like it was pretty small chance. Uh, and I guess my hernia is not very big. So she acted like it. I, I still got to go see a surgeon and see what they say about it, but they're going to have to pretty much tell me I'm going to die if I go and do this for me not to go elk hunting. Cause our elk trip last year kind of got ruined by COVID. 
even though we still got to go, it was all jacked up with people having to miss it and stuff. And so I'm, I'm not missing it. <laughs> how many, how many people go out there with you guys on your elk hunt? Uh, well, this year it'll be different because my brother-in-law Russell and uh, our cousin Brandon, they usually go with us. They both drew New Mexico tags. Okay. So they're going to New Mexico. So there will be, uh, the guys that go to Colorado, there will be five of us hunters. Is that is that something you guys go out there? And are you staying at like a lodge cabin, or you throw a tent up? Throw a tent up. Yep. Throw a tent up. Yep. Is that and how many how many years have you guys been doing this? Um, this will be my sixth, fifth year. I suck at counting. I think it's my fifth year. But uh, Roger, who is Andy's dad, Andy is one of the hosts on our show. He's been hunting for. 30 years almost, I think, out there in one way, shape, or form. Some of it's been uh, rifle hunting. They used to take horses out there and pack back out in there. And um, he's been out there in all kinds of different types of environments and in December and September. So he's been doing it for 30 plus, almost 30 years, I think. Because that, if I'm not mistaken, Colorado is an over the counter state. Some of it still is, yeah. It is. Yep. So you guys, are you guys buying over the counter then and putting in? Yeah. Yeah. We, we put in, um, I learned something new this year, but we put in for preference points mm-hmm. because we just, we don't have enough. We've been kind of stupid. When I first started going out there, the hunting was really good in that over the counter unit we were in. And so we, we were dumb and we didn't buy points. Right. And now like last year, there were so many hunters out there. It was it was almost like you were camping at a Missouri State Park. I mean, it, there was people all over the place, and no, nothing against guys, but like there was dudes hunting or camping up in the mountain where the oak were going to be at, when they could have just camped half a mile away down where everybody else camps and not ruined the hunting. There was just a lot of stuff going on that made it hard to find elk. That uh, and you talking about that? That sounds like Missouri rifle season opener. Like oh, it, it felt like that. Yeah. It felt like that. Yeah. Well, you'd just be walking all of a sudden. Nope. There's two dudes over there. We're great. So this, this part's done, um, you know, to each their own. I mean, I'm not pissed at nobody. Everybody has the right to go out there, but, um, so anyway, we finally started buying points, but we just started doing that. So we don't have enough points to, to put in, but here's something that people should, uh, if there's anybody here listening that is thinking about going out to Colorado, I did not know this until this year. And our buddy at Backcountry Rookies uh, filled me in on this. You get three choices when you put in. You can put for your choice number one preference point. And then let's say you put in for a unit for your choice number two. If you draw that second option, Based on what I understand, you still get your preference point because you put that in as your first choice. And you still then would draw that unit that you got lucky enough to draw. Okay. So you'd be dumb not to put in for your second and third choice some unit that you would want to hunt. I mean, who cares? Like if you if you draw it, awesome. And you still get that preference point to to build for, you know, something down the road. How so how did you get into elk hunting? Uh, my brother-in-law, Russell. 
brother-in-law. He, Russell. Yeah, he, he Roger was already going. Andy was already going, and Russell. Um, and you got to remember, I don't want to do all kinds of explaining, but everybody's related <laughs> somehow. So, right. like Russell and Andy are cousins. Roger is Russell's uncle. Albert is Russell's dad, my father-in-law. He is our camp cook. Uh, he goes out every year and just cooks for us and enjoys himself. And uh, he don't, he can't hunt really anymore. He's got a horrible back and he doesn't, it's not his thing. So they had been doing it for years. I mean, several years before I got in it. And then finally Russell was like, dude, let's go. You're going with me. And that was the end of that. That was first year I started and I haven't stopped since. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know that. Dustin and I, we kind of talked about that, of getting into to, uh, some Western hunting. And it, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun, you know? Like, it, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. It just, where the hell do you start? Dude, and it don't have to be elk. I mean, there's mule deer out west. That would be fun. I mean, I still haven't hunted for mule deer. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm sure antelope and stuff like that, that people enjoy hunting. Uh, it doesn't have to be elk, but... I'm kind of on a quest. Like I'm, I'm not going to hunt anything else. I don't think until I kill an elk. Right. So it's just kind of like one of them deals. I've got to get an elk on the ground or I'm going to go crazy. So how long are you guys out there for? Uh, well, I'd say somewhere around 10 days, about 10 days. Yeah. I mean, total. Cause remember we got a day and a half, you know, basically a full day driving there and back. Um, so we usually get to hunt somewhere around a week. Okay. Well, that That's a good amount of time. I mean, that's probably, yeah. it's probably not long enough in most cases, but. Nah, I mean, the way it is there, like your first three days of the season, especially in the over the counter unit is your best chance because after that first three days, those elk are tired of it. And you, at that point, you're just kind of trying to figure out where they might've went to you know like and so your chances i think really go down and hell even your chances i think the the success rate of the unit we go to is like less than 10 percent yeah for archery hunters that, so that's crazy i mean who we were talking to somebody and for one of the units it was like for they for new elk hunters plus archery it was like three percent success rate or something like that like so something crazy that the odds like, what, are on your favor what kind of dumbass would want to do this <laughs> apparently me yeah <laughs> this dumbass here would too so <laughs> i don't get it but hey it's it i'll tell you it's i don't say i love it more than whitetail hunting because i don't there because they're two totally different things i love them both and i would go and hunt out west longer if i could you know, I mean, I don't have three months that I can take off a year. Right. Right. Um, but it's, it's definitely something different than whitetail hunting. And it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And, uh, sometimes you're like, why the hell am I doing this? But not to be sappy about it, but the first time I ever saw an elk on the hoof while I was hunting, was almost like I was seeing, I don't know, like God himself. I mean, right. it was just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was 
I saw a bull and he was, he was probably 60 yards away from me, walking away from me. And I, I honestly don't even think I remembered I had a bow in my hand. It was just like my jaw dropped and I'm like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. And he walked out of my life and that was that. But it, it was almost just like, I can't believe I just saw that. You know, I'm in the dark timber up in this mountain and I just saw a bull walk by me. And I don't even think I could have shot an arrow at that thing if I wanted to. I was so, you know, awestruck of what I saw. Right. That that sounds like a good time. And I, you know, and that's, I think is, as you start, especially for, you know, newer hunters that are out here trying to get the grind going, you know, you, you hunt whitetails and you watch all these videos and stuff. It's got to pique your interest somehow. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it does. And that yeah. sense of adventure, you know, like, just stepping out there and the mountains of Colorado. I mean, hell, sign me up. I might just get lost and not come home. And we do it and we don't have cell service out there. So oh. like it's you just you're out there. Right. There's there's no it's it's nice. I mean, I will say that. It's 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 just uh you you're gone. You're gone. And you don't there's no nobody can get a hold of you. <laughs> nobody can call you and say hey, the water heater went out in the house. I don't give a shit. Talk to me in a month, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like it's, it's nice. You know, nobody can call you. Um, and now there's, there's part of it that, you know, you do start to feel like, okay, now I'm ready to kill something. Like at a certain point, I told you that story of the first elk I saw. Okay. That was, that was amazing. But now I'm tired of seeing elk and not killing them. Exactly. <laughs> like, like now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, all right, you little bastards, stop, stop catching my scent or, you know, whatever happens, you know, I made the wrong move. It, you get to a point where you're, you're now I'm on a quest to get one on the ground. Um, but it's still fun. Yeah. I think that's like, <laughs> you get that feeling in any kind of season that you're hunting it, whether it be turkey season, you know, you're, you're almost, you know, you're in the pre-rut getting into the rut and you're just like, okay, something's got to happen now. I get, it's time to amp this shit up. Yeah. Yeah. But I would never compare it. You know, so people have asked, well, do you like elk hunting or whitetail hunting better? Uh, no. Yes, I do. Like that's the answer. <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> there's, there's no way to compare them because while they're very closely related animals, they're not the same. They don't react to things the same. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of like Western hunters I've talked to have, who have never hunted whitetail think that whitetail hunting is you know for a lazy man no you know like you got to understand like a whitetail is the most skittish animal you will ever see mm -hmm. unless they live in downtown st louis and then they are like pets but you know you know what i'm saying like right like you you so much as make the wrong movement or they catch a whiff of you from you know 200 yards away they are gone and they're not coming back you know an elk I've noticed it seems like you can get away with a little more other than the scent. If they catch your scent, they're just like a whitetail at that point. But um, they're just a little more uh, forgiving of movement maybe because maybe their eyesight's not as good as a whitetail. I don't really know. I'm not a scientist and I'm not sure if that's true, but um, so there's, I mean, there's a give and take to both of them, but like an elk, if you think of an elk, if an elk didn't uh, bugle 
and do a lot of calling when they're rutting, they would be one of the hardest animals to kill in the world. Mm -hmm. But they, they let you know where they are. So they're almost like a turkey at that point. Um, and you can find them, you know, but uh, a whitetail really, you don't get that. You don't get to really talk to whitetails. I mean, sure, you can grunt and they might grunt here and there, but it's not like you're going to have a conversation with a whitetail like you do a bull elk. Right. Right. So, I mean, they're just totally different animals for the most part. That's how we've always kind of talked about it is turkey hunting, but on steroids. I, I've said it many times on our show. I think elk hunting and turkey hunting are more closely related than elk hunting and deer hunting. I believe it. I, I believe it. Now, now, here's the other <laughs> stupid part about what we do. <laughs> we go out and hunt before the rut has really hit. And so not only are we making it hard on ourselves by going to OTC units and stuff like that, um, they don't really talk while we're hunting them. I mean, in my five years, I might've heard a bugle one time. Like they, it's just, they, well, number one, they're not rutting yet. And then number two, I, they're very highly pressured elk. So they might just be a little more quiet than normal. Right. And so you're kind of, you feel like you're chasing ghosts around. So that, part. I, I guess, just simple fact that I don't know, are you at that point, are you just trying to get high in glass or? No, cause we're in, we're in dark, deep timber. So there is no glassing. Uh, I don't even take binoculars with me anymore. Okay. I mean, you know, if you, you're not going to see much past 60 yards for the most part. I mean, there's a few little open areas, but so you're really just playing the wind. And then like we, we rarely bugle. I, I can count on one hand, probably how many times I've ever bugled out there because all you're doing is letting the hunter know where you're at. Right. I mean, someone else is hearing that and thinking you're an elk. Hopefully, you know, hopefully your bugle sounds good enough that they think you're an actually an elk and not a hunter. But so a lot, like a, a lot of times the way I'm hunting out there is you're, you're slowly going through and you're, you're trying to find features on your maps that, make you think that they're going to be there. <clears throat> and then I'm just kind of slowly walking and doing cow calling and making hopefully a bull in the area think that I'm a cow or a group of cows with calves and just kind of slowly doing that and stopping and doing that for a little while and then moving a little bit and doing the same thing and, you know, hoping that they'll come in and check it out. And it's almost always going to be silent when they do it. So you got to be like, just ready for them to all of a sudden be there. And, uh, it's difficult because <laughs> if you're not ready, he's going to see you first. And then I've never seen a 700 pound animal move so fast in my life. <laughs> How, so whenever you guys go out there, I mean, does the, as we were talking about earlier with the, with the success rates and everything, does somebody usually end up harvesting one or their ears or it's just tag soup? <clears throat> um, let's see here. Let's pretend like five years is correct. That way. Okay. I've been going five years. Let's say that. Okay. Um, so my first year we saw as a group, we saw a bunch of elk, but nobody killed anything. My second year, I should have killed a bull, but I didn't. Russell shot a bull but we never recovered him. We searched for him for two days um, and never did find him. My third year, Russell killed a bull. So he, he, 
got one done last uh i'm missing a year somewhere and then the next year our buddy pat who goes out with us he killed a cow uh opening morning and then last year uh nobody killed a bull or an, an elk however pat drew a mule deer tag in that same unit and did kill a mule deer okay so um basically three straight years we've actually come home with meat that's cool so, yeah that that's cool that's honestly that really wasn't what i was i thought it'd be a little bit less uh well i mean we are taking like last year there were eight hunters you know, you're dividing up like when you guys go out as yeah. pairs of two yeah we usually pair up into two sometimes a group of three will be together um but then uh, <laughs> like a lot of times we'll even break up from our group of two because all you're doing is being twice as loud right when you're walking through, cause you're really not, you know, are you, have you guys ever watched like born and raised any of their videos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the caller will stay back and the guy that's going to be the shooter will go forward. Well, you can't really do that the way we're hunting them because they're not talking to us. So we don't know what they're doing. Like we don't know that they're coming. Right. So sometimes we can eat, we'll even break up from then. Like, let's say we find a bed that we think is a hot bed or a fresh, a fresh wallow. Well, we'll figure out our wind and we'll try to set set up off wind from them. And then we'll bracket that wallow. So one guy will be 80 yards to this side and the other guy will be 80 yards to the downhill slide side of it that, you know, might work for the wind too, so that we can hope we can catch that bull or whoever coming into that wallow, you know, almost like he's J hooking around it. A lot of times they'll do that um, and see if we can catch them. And then if we don't, after a while, we'll move to the next one. That's interesting, man. I, I, I mean, obviously before the for the episode, I don't even think elk was something we were going to talk about. But it is <laughs> yeah. it that stuff. I know Dustin's the same way. It it's super interesting when you don't know a lot about it. Yeah. You oh, know? and full disclaimer to the listener: I have never killed an elk, so you probably shouldn't <laughs> listen to anything I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so the you, you're gonna go out to colorado when yep. you get back i mean missouri bow season will be either started or getting ready to start yeah i think we'll get back a few days before bow season starts yep what uh what have you been doing at this moment to prepare for the white tip season so done been doing quite a bit of work out at the one of the properties i hunt uh we actually did a show with (coughs) landon legacy i don't know a couple months ago and he had mentioned something about habitat i don't know how to exactly i'm not going to say it verbatim but basically habitat over food and every year at my properties all i ever worried about was i need to get this food plot right i need to get this food plot and i'd spend my, my all my time that i had extra working on a freaking food plot that I never got looking very good. And so this year after doing that show, I thought, you know what? Screw the food. I'm not even going to mess with this year. I'm just going to work on opening up the back area, doing some, you know, mowing some lanes, mowing some trails. So I spent myself, Andy and Russell actually came and helped too. We spent two full days on uh skid steers clearing just the nasty crap back there and i'm gonna go out again and do it again um i still need to go hang some stands 
that I'm going to leave permanently for my boys and me to go hunt together. And, um, going to do some more trimming of trees and cutting some trees down, doing some flush cutting, some hinge cutting. And I'm not even messing with food this year. So that's, that's what I've been doing this summer so far. And habitat. And it's worked. I mean, we, we did all that mowing and within 24 hours, well, I take that back. I did all that mowing. The next week came out and set my trail cams somewhere in there. Um, and within, you know, a few hours of setting those trail cameras, I was getting, I was getting emails of photos of bucks that I was excited to see. So it, I think it's helped out. That's awesome. That is, that's awesome. So you're talking about hanging these permanent stands for, for your boys to come out and hunt with you. Is this, is this kind of their first big year of getting out in the woods or have they, no, they've, they've been going with me for a few years, but they've been just going with me. Right. Um, <clears throat> so this year, my oldest son, I'm going to, he's going to hunt. How, how old is he? He's 10. He is 10. Okay. Yep. Um, so what I got set up now, what I took him in was I had two hang-on stands or lock-ons next to each other in a tree. One was here and the other one was perpendicular or whatever that is to it on the, the other side of the tree. Well, that's how I always took them hunting. I would have them climb up in front of me and then they would sit in the other stand. I would sit in that stand and they would hunt with daddy. Right. And that, that was cool. But now I'm trying to get Caden to hunt this year. So I've got three ladder stands, which I'm typically not a fan of ladder stands, but I don't know how else I'm going to get a, him with a rifle up in a tree stand. I, 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 and I hope, I hope the listener doesn't get upset with me. I despise hunting out of a blind. I don't like it. <laughs> Never have. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Uh, no, that's, all right. that's so, all right with me. I hate hunting out of blinds too. I'm a tree stand guy all the way. And if I can't hunt in a tree stand, I'm sitting at the base of a tree on the ground. I would rather do that. Yep. So <laughs> we're not going to do any blind hunting. So. I'd like for him. So I've got a couple two man stands that I bought that, you know, have the gun rests and stuff like that. So I'm going to get them set up. And so this will be the first year Caden, my 10 year old son will get to hopefully, you know, kill a deer. Um, so, although he just, I just found out last night, dude, I'm telling you, do either of you boys have kids? <laughs> Not yet. Right. So you'll, you'll enjoy this story for when you get, down this road with them. So my daughter is our oldest kid and she plays competitive softball and she just started with a team and we got their, their tournament schedule for the fall. And they are scheduled to be in a tournament at the lake on Halloween weekend, which is youth season. And I'm just like, uh, I'm supposed to take Caden hunting that weekend. She's like, we'll take him another day. I'm like, youth season's only two days. <laughs> He's, he's only got two chances. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know how we're going to work that out because I, I have to take him somehow that weekend. Now, I, I know he can go with me during regular rifle season. But, dude, I'm telling you, when you got kids and you're trying to figure out how to get them to hunt and them to, you know, harvest something, every decision you make, you second guess. You, you think you're bad about second guessing what you're doing now? Everything I do, like I second guessed buying him a rifle for Christmas. 
I wish I would have got a crossbow for him. Right. Um, Cause he's not big enough to pull a regular bow back with the correct poundage to be able to kill a deer. Well, it's just like one of them deer deals where I had a crossbow and I sold it because I didn't want him shooting a crossbow. And now looking back, he would have been able to hunt so much more with a crossbow over the rifle I bought him. Um, so everything you do, you second guess it with your kids. It's kind of interesting, but I enjoy it. I enjoy taking them with me. Um, they both do a really good job of sitting still and um, paying attention, which is nice. So do you, how many kids do you have? Four. Four kids. Four, I bet it's never a <laughs> moment in your house. Not one. Not one. So does your, does your daughter hunt as well? No, I can't get her to, she doesn't even like that I hunt. She's, I don't, I messed up with her somewhere. I love her. I love her dearly. She's great, but she, uh, she has no desire to hunt. Interesting. So I, I messed up somewhere along the line on her. <laughs> so you have your daughter and three boys. And then three boys after her. Yep. Oh, and what's your youngest son? How old he's three. He's three. So he doesn't, oh, yeah. he doesn't do anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. No, I wouldn't take him. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you? I mean, cause you thought about it probably. How are you going to balance all this out with. <laughs> I just, for the listener, I just shrugged and said, I have no idea. Honestly, I, I fly by the seat of my pants when it comes to hunting season. And <clears throat> like, what I'll do is if I'm planning on hunting one evening and, you know, the weather's pretty nice and I know nobody's got anything going on that night, I'll go and grab Caden out of school early and I'll take him with me. Right. And okay. Caden gets to go with daddy this time. Well, once Caden has how I've always done it before is then the next time Chase gets to go and I'll just go back and forth. I have never taken them both at the same time. I, I think that'd be a little much, but um, and I just go back and forth now. With this year, me trying to, you know, get Caden to to kill a deer. I don't know how that'll work. Just once again, I'll just do it when it when it shows up, I'll handle it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much how every day of my life goes is how am I going to, I wake up and go, okay, how am I going to finish this day? Right. So, um, so if I, if I get the opportunity to hunt, then hopefully they'll get to come with me and there's still plenty of days throughout the season that they don't hunt with me. You know, somebody's got practice that night or, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, uh, you know, there's maybe a buck that I know I've, I've got a chance to kill them and, I don't want anything to screw that up. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, another body in the tree might be something I don't want that night. Right. You never know. So <laughs> that it sounds like, it, so is your wife pretty supportive throughout the entire deer season or does there get to be a point where it's like, all right, you need to. Supportive. Or what's another term I can use? Um, tolerant. tolerant. <laughs> She's tolerant of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we actually just had a show about time management a couple last week or the week before. And that's what we kind of talk about. My wife doesn't hunt. She never has. Uh, she grew up on a farm, but just never showed the desire to do it. And she never has. So, um, <laughs> you know, I try to be smarter about the way I hunt nowadays than I did maybe when we had younger kids or no kids at all. 
but um yeah i mean we basically just she knows i hunt she knows i love it and i just talk to her and say hey tonight's a nice night for what i want to do what do we got going on tonight can i sneak out and it's it's sometimes harder before daylight savings time right you know once once daylight saving time hit honestly i'm home by 6 30 or whatever i mean you know so you can get a lot done before daylight saving times you know you're you're not getting home till eight o'clock a lot of times and that's when it's difficult but you know either good for me or bad for me one of the properties i really hunt hard i don't really start seeing my bucks show back up till mid-october a lot of times anyway so I've gotten to the point where instead of pissing her off because I've hunted 15 times between September 15th and September 30th, I, and why would you do that when you're not going to, I don't, I don't mean to say I don't want to be out in the woods. Right. But if your chance of harvesting the buck you're after is almost zero because he's not there, why go out there and use that day hunting when you could do it in mid October? Um, so like last year, while I did hunt between September 15th and October 15th, I didn't hunt near as much as I normally had had in the past. So that's one thing I call it banking days, right? Days. I like that. Banking banking days. Uh, Dan Johnson talks about banking days. Okay. Uh, instead of hunting tonight, I'm gonna help you with this. um, And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go paint this room. Um, that's, I use that a lot. Like, Hey, you want a room painted? I can do that. You want, you want me to fix this bathroom? I can remodel that. Um, so, and which by the way, I'm remodeling two bathrooms right now and a kitchen. So if I can get those done, I got points added up, but so I'll bank that day and I'll, I'll try not to piss her off, which she never gets pissed, but you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, it's, it's the look. Why would I, on September 17th, go out when I know I'm not going to kill him when I could take that day on October 18th. Right. And so I'm trying to get basically smarter about when I actually go out in the woods. Are the conditions right? Is he back yet? Um, do I feel like I have a decent chance of seeing what I'm hoping to see tonight? And if the answer is no, then Maybe I shouldn't use this day as one of the days I want to try it out. Um, so that's usually like, do you guys sit in the stand on September 15th every year? Oh yeah. That's tradition. I used to, I don't anymore now yeah. because I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I just don't go. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to see them. They're not there right then. Also, it's usually hot as balls <laughs> and I'm tired of getting bit by mosquitoes. So I've gotten better about just like saying, you know what, if it's not the right setup, you know, now, like I said, if for some reason the bucks I'm after are still sitting there on September 15th, every night they're coming out or whatever. Okay. You better believe I'll be there that night. But, uh, just the property I hunt just isn't set up that way that I have those deer at that time. So I kind of have that luxury of kind of waiting a little bit and being, what's that? Um, being patient, I guess. Right. That's, you know, like the September 15th, as I've, as I'm getting older, that that's really what it is, is it's tradition, you know, like. Agreed. 
I think about it every single day after January 15th. And I just cannot wait for that day to be able to put the tree stand on my back and get going, you know, yeah. bow in hand. And it sucks. It, it does suck. The mosquitoes, the ticks, the snakes, the chiggers. Yep. But man, I just, I get up in that tree and I just sit there and I'm like, it's back. It's like, it's like, it's like a holiday. Yeah. It's like college football kicking off. Like it's like, it's finally yeah. freaking back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And I, I'm, Last year was the first year in a long time I wasn't in a stand on September 15th. So will I have that itch on September 14th this year? Probably. And I, and I might end up lying to you and right. being in a stand. But, yeah, it's it, I get it. And a lot of people, they have to. It's just like I've got to go. It's, it's here. I've got to do it. it. It does interest me, though, because, you know, I do, I do have friends that they have kids and – so for some of them, this is going to be their first season hunting with kids. So how the hell do you, which I mean, I guess as a newborn, I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't really speak on this as I know, but with a younger child, it's, it might be a little bit easier to sneak out versus having everything going on. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced most of that now and I would say, yeah, newborns are usually easier until they get like, when they start doing stuff, your life just gets busier. Right. Um, because we talked about this on our show. It, I don't know, like maybe I'm wrong, but when I was growing up, I don't feel like we freaking did stuff every night. But it seems like my daughter's got softball at least twice a week and then tournaments. And then Caden, you know, has got football now. And actually him and Chase are both playing football this year. It's just like every night there's something and uh, does it make it harder on hunting? I mean, I guess, but once again, I'm, I love hunting. Don't get me wrong, but I also don't want to be in a tree stand 70 days this year to kill that deer. I would prefer to hunt a little smarter and kill him after uh, hopefully just like one sit. But I mean, you know, instead of going after him 60 times and getting them, I want to go after him a handful of times and get them. Right. Not because I'm lazy, but because I can't hunt 70 times this summer. Right. It's impossible. We just talked to a kid on our show and he's, he's a 21 year old, you know, doesn't have kids and, I wish I could still be like him, but I'm, I'm not. So I don't know why it matters. And he hunted like over 70 days last year. That's great. There, there is no chance in hell. I'm going to hunt 70 days this year. Just, it's not going to happen. So you just got to use those days. Like if, if you know, you've got a day where your kids got softball practice or uh, uh, whatever, and the wind is suspect and the, and the temperature is not exactly what you want, well, maybe maybe just don't go that night. Maybe mm -hmm. use that night another night. Maybe it's a, that's a Tuesday, let's say. Maybe on Thursday, the pressure is supposed to go up and the temperature is supposed to drop 20 degrees. Well, don't you think Thursday might be the day that might be a little better off for you to try to get out in the woods? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when you've got kids and a lot of stuff going on, you got to use those, you got to make decisions. 
you don't get both days this week. You get one day. So that's kind of, that's basically how I have to hunt now. Yeah, I think too, you know, talking about this, it just kind of makes me think if you're trying to cut back on, you're trying to kill this deer in less sits, that's got to hone your, hone your craft in a way, you know, like your, your woodsmanship skills, your, all these things you are going to have to really be on your game to be able to do that in some cases. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. I'm the best hunter in the world. <laughs> That's what <I'm> <laughs> I still suck. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you, you pay attention to stuff. Sure. And, and you should anyway. Right. But when you're forced to, I guess it, you know, it does help, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so there's been nights we talked about this on that show we had, <clears throat> excuse me. There's been nights where I've gotten to the, the stand, got up there, thought I was good to go. And the wind was the exact opposite of what I wanted it to be. And I'll, I'll, I'll sit there for a few minutes and you know, the wheels are turning and I've, I've gotten down out of my tree stand and left before because I know there is no chance in hell. I'm going to see that buck that I'm after if I stay sitting here right? because of what the wind's doing. Uh, 15 years ago, Nate would have stayed sitting in that tree stand all night long mm-hmm. and never seen him and then got down and go, Oh, I wonder where the buck was. Well, he came from the way he wanted him to. And then he smelled you and left before you ever even knew it was there probably. Um, so stuff like that, you know, it's just, you know, I mean, I guess it does kind of force you, like you said, to hunt a little smarter because you want those nights to count. Right. Back when I first started hunting, if I didn't see a deer, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Now, when I hunt, I don't see, if I don't see a deer one evening, I kind of am pissed because I, I chose that night because I thought I was going to potentially see something. And if I don't even see a single deer, I'm like, man, I, I really messed this night up. Right. <laughs> you know, didn't see anything. Um, not that I'm pissed. I'm still out in the woods, but I guess you kind of get what I mean. Yeah. You put more thought into it. So it, it more or less is falling on your shoulders at that point. Right. Sure. I, that, and that's kind of where, you know, this is going to be, for me, this is going to be the first season where, man, I got a lot going on. I, it's, there's going to have to be that play it smart and, really just not be an idiot when you go out, you know, really pay attention to, to all of these things. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's difficult because we all love hunting. Oh yeah. But like we said in, in that show, I don't want to keep going back to that, but I don't just love hunting. I love my wife and I love my kids. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult when you have that perfect evening show up and your son has his first football game at the same time. I don't know what some people would do, but I'm just telling you what I would do is I would go to his football game. Right. It, it, you know, hunting is going to be in my life until I die. My children are only going to play their sports or whatever their activity they're doing is they're only going to do that for the next five years. I mean, like we were talking about my daughter, she's going into eighth grade. She's only going to play softball, softball for four more years unless she goes to college for it. So 
I'm not going to miss her games. Right. Although I just talked about my son in the youth season and her going to the lake. So, <laughs> like, like you said, though, handle it when it comes. See, but see, and at the same time, that's not for me. It's for my, my boys. So like, it's like, you're, you're almost not going to one of their games to go to another one of their games. Right. Uh, which we've, we've had to do a million times in our life. We've had to split, divide and conquer. And, you know, one of your kids has got a tournament in Overland park and the other one's got a tournament somewhere else. And you're, you just divide and go. It, All it I know really, is the, Oh, my bad. No, go ahead. The more, the more I hear talk of this and becoming an adult and having kids, it's just, it's making me, I'm enjoying my lifestyle a lot more right now. I'm 21. I'm single. I have nothing tying me down. So I'm just like, my priorities are straight. Yeah. Here a few years ago, I had a big college test one day. I emailed my teacher and I said, Hey, I have something going on that weekend. I'm going to be gone that Monday. It was in April. That's opening day of Turkey season, which (laughs) I wasn't going out of town. I was just like, yeah, I'm not missing open a day of turkey season over a college test. So yeah, I got to make the test up, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and I I would say this to you, Dustin. Enjoy where you're at in your life right now. Right. I mean, I obviously was at that point in my life at one point, but I can promise you at some point that'll change. Right. You're most likely gonna meet somebody, unless you already have and you know, you're probably going to end up marrying somebody and then, yeah, 21 and the way you're living is exactly how I was at 21. And then when I was 24, all of a sudden I wanted to marry this girl. And then when we were 25, we wanted to start a family. And honestly, from 25 to now, I don't even remember what the hell happened. It's just like the snap <laughs> of a finger. And now I'm here. Uh Cause I will tell you, yeah, life speeds up when you start having kids, but yeah. you know, there's a lot of great things to it. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd almost have another kid if I could, to be honest with you. I, I love being a dad. It just, it adds stuff to your plate. That's all there is to it. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you just gotta be ready to handle it. Yeah. I mean, even just, you know, like taking, taking your kids hunting and seeing their reactions when it, when it does all go to plan. I mean, that's got to be worth a million times over. It's got to be the best thing ever. So, uh, youth youth turkey season this year. Mm-hmm. This is this is how much I I agree with what you just said. So, I had my son within ten yards of a tom, and he didn't end up getting to kill it. Um, it was long story, but we didn't know the tom was there. He surprised us, came in. I had Caden set up. He just wasn't set up the way that Tom ended up coming in, and then he never got a shot. I have a a really good deer on camera right now that I really want to kill this year. But if God himself came down and said, you can either kill this big giant buck or I can go back to you season and let your son kill that Tom, which one you want. And that Tom was just a, you know, he, he wasn't like a five beard, three inch spurs. He was just a regular old Tom. Right. I would go back and, and let Caden have that, that Turkey and I'll never see that deer. I don't care. Um, I think that's what's so fun about your kids taking them hunting is I, 
want to see that look on their face again and again. You know, he was so nervous. He was like, Dad, um, my, my heart is bothering me, you know, and it's because it's about to jump out of your chest, dude. Yeah. That's what that, you know, it's just seeing them experience that stuff for the first time. I really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would go back and I would switch places with him if I could. I mean, I was almost more disappointed. He didn't get that Turkey than I, than he was. Right. But yeah. And that, that feeling too, you know, I'm sure like, you know, your kids, they're, they're, it's up here. We've taken out some guys who have, who've never hunted before. And my brother, he, um, he's getting real serious in the whitetail hunting this year too. And I, whether you're taking somebody out to mentor them, you know, you're, or you're somebody who's never hunted before. And I just, I cannot wait to just see that reaction. A guy that we took out with us. I mean, he, he's our age, never hunted a day in his life. And he, uh, he, uh, wanted to go turkey hunting. Well, it was a slow day. It was one of those days where, I mean, nothing was happening and you just got to be about 11 o'clock and, this Tom gobbled off in the distance and his eyes just freaking bugging out right of the side. He's like, oh, they're really out here. Let's go. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and that's, that's kind of where too, I think about this upcoming deer season and as much as I want to be able to get out there and, and really, really hunt hard. I also want to take the people that have been, I, you know, I really want to get into this and, and, and going back to to what you're talking about with the crossbow, man, for a long time, that and that's a huge debate. Oh, lost Nick. Yeah, there you are. There he is. All right, I'm yeah. back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, that the crossbow is such a huge debate in the hunting community industry, but it's such a perfect tool to take somebody out. Especially if they've never hunted. Exactly. Listen, I think I think I've said this on my on our show at too much at this point. I'm a firm believer that if you are using your tag legally, I have no say on how you're going to use it. And and there's a lot of people out there that think the crossbow is you know cheating, and there are a lot of people that think the compound bow is cheating if they're a uh, traditional bow shooter, and you know how about we just shut the hell up and let people hunt how they want to hunt? Do I prefer to hunt with a bow? Yeah. But now that I've got a son, he could potentially kill a deer with a crossbow and he can't with a compound because he can't pull at least 40 pounds back right now. He can't. Um, so there, I mean, yeah, I get it, dude. It's, um, and I'll tell you, I can remember the first hunt I ever went on in my life. And I do not remember other hunts, you know, near as well as that one. And it's because somebody decided to take me hunting someday and introduce it to me. Right. And so you never know what you start if you just take somebody hunting. And, uh, you know, my brother-in-law, his name is Jeff. It's not the other one I'm talking about. When I was, I was dating my wife at the time. So I was probably like 17 years old. And I had never hunted in my life. I, my dad didn't grow up hunting. I didn't know anybody in my family that hunted. He took me turkey hunting. And I can remember hearing the, the turkey gobble. I mean, I can, I could paint you a picture of that hunt 
from the first hunt I ever went on. And, you know, that's all it took was him taking me hunting one time. And then I got into it. So yeah, take somebody hunting. It, it could be the start of a problem for them. It'd be a real, pro- it's a real problem. Let me tell you, you, you start wondering where the hell all your money goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, sometimes me and my wife don't have conversations about what I bought. <laughs> yeah. That, where did you, where did, where did this thing come from? Oh, I've had that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always use the excuse. Oh, that's Dustin's. He left it here. Oh, that's a good, that's a good call. I should yeah. start using that. That's, that's Micah. <laughs> he, he left that here. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just he's just keeping it here for now, you know, just easier. Yeah. So that's a good point. He doesn't have the storage space that I have. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it uh no, it, it's something though that and I'm kind of in that same boat, man. Like I I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't have my grandfather hunted, but by the time I got old enough to really be interested in it, he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, and someone took me and i mean hell look where we're at now i'm so freaking addicted to it i started a podcast i met dustin who's even more addicted to it than i am and that's just recipe for a bad disaster (laughs) yeah that's that's the issue i mean that's why we started our podcast was our wives always actually they kind of made us they almost were the reason we started it because every time we were around each other they would be like is there anything else you guys talk about? All you guys ever talk about is hunting. And you say the same damn stories to each other week after week. You guys have told this story to each other 500 times. And we're like, well, maybe we should just start recording it if we talk about it all the time. And that's how this ended up starting is <laughs> we're always talking about it. Might as well hit a record button, right? Oh, yeah. I'll see. There, there's times that that's and i'll be talking about stuff i'm like man i wish we would have recorded that That was some good stuff right there we usually were we when we record a show we usually record a full show before that without hitting the record button yeah and we're yeah. just like we ought to put our headsets on and just hit the record button right off the bat and stop and see where it goes you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's not appropriate for people's ears though yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know, do you have the last couple of years, Dustin and I have kind of, we'll do a show about our goals, you know, for, for this upcoming season and what the, and it, it looks different for both of us, you know, and what we want to accomplish. Do you do anything like that? Or do you have any goals that you're setting for this season? Uh, yes and no. I try not to say this buck or nothing. Right. right. Um, I have said that before and it did work out for me, but the reason I say that is you never know what's going to happen in hunt during hunting season. I mean, like one of the bucks I killed last year, he showed up six days before I killed him. We'd never seen him before in the entire season. And then she, he showed up. So, um, I don't really set specific goals for myself other than have fun. There's been a few years and it, everybody does it. I think where you ever feel like you start pressing a little bit throughout the season. Yeah. Yep. Like you haven't seen that buck that you wanted to kill. And now it's October 31st and you're like, Oh, he should have already been dead by now. Well, if you, if you take a step back, 
Are you having fun anymore? No, no, you're not. What's the hunting supposed to be fun. So I, I try to go every year now and just remember that is the main goal is to enjoy my time out in the woods. Do I want to kill this deer that I've got on camera this year? You freaking bet, but I'm going to try my best. I will probably lie to you about it because I'll usually end up wrong because I will get pissed off if I miss them or something, but I want to try my best to have fun and not get so bent out of shape if I haven't got him on the ground yet. Um, now, if I see him cross in front of my face and whiff at him for tw- at a 25-yard shot, let's say, and go over his back with a shot, you better believe I'm going to be bitching about it for probably the next two years. <laughs> but, you know, we it's, it's easy to say right now. It's hard to do it all the way through the season and actually have fun. Um, but – you know, if you, if you, if you feel yourself getting out of the tree stand of an evening pissed off, you need to reevaluate how you're doing it. Cause that's probably not the best way to go about it. No. And that, that just leads to burnout. Yeah. I mean that it usually last year it was bad last year. I, it got to rifle season and things had not gone at all to what we expected daydreamed, you know? Right. And it got to rifle season and I was just like, dude, I gotta, I gotta take a step back for a few days. You know, it. <clears throat> yeah, and it shouldn't be like that. It, it, no, it, it shouldn't. shouldn't. It really shouldn't. And yeah. it, it's easy to have. I mean, everybody does it. It's, it's not like we're three peas in a pot right here. But it's just because you want to be successful. I mean, I get it. But like last year, I mean, we did it. I pressed. Uh, I started getting to like, where the hell are these bucks at? No cameras ever, you know, were showing anything. And finally, one one Sunday, shit, I can remember it like it's yesterday. We went and checked cameras on like a Thursday night or Friday night. And these bucks all showed back up. And we're like, that's freaking cool. So we decided to go hunting a Sunday morning together, Russell and myself. and. I, I told you guys the story of the bigger buck I killed last time I was on your show. Well, this is the buck I killed before him. And Russell and I are just like, you know what? Let's go hunt. Let's just go have some fun. And that morning was one of the most fun mornings I've ever had in my life, deer hunting. We see this, the buck I ended up killing seven days later. We see him that morning and we try flanking him and we try like freaking elk hunting this whitetail like it was going to work. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to bust us. And he did. (laughs) And, you know, but we had so much fun trying to, you know, get across this big field, 300 yards, you know, and trying to get around him and, you know, trying to climb up in a tree before he caught us. It was just so much fun that morning. And then actually that night we went again and ended up, I killed that, that buck uh, before him. So yeah, it even made it more fun that I actually ended up killing a buck that, that night too. But you know, when you just stop worrying about it, sometimes that's when you end up having your most fun. It's kind of my point. Exactly. And that's, and I think a lot of people, man, like most people probably won't admit it, you know, they, they won't admit that they're burnt out, they're frustrated, so on and so forth. But if people could take away anything, that's, 
that's one of the one of the key things right there is just have fun. And another thing that I think, especially, you know, we we <clears throat> we're kind of contributing to this because we started podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing is stop worrying about what people think about you. Amen. I Amen. do I do I want Nick and Dustin to think I'm a good hunter? Yeah, sure. But I also could give a shit if you really think I am or not. So stop worrying about what other people think about what your deer looks like. W- were you happy with the deer you harvested? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Did that deer get your blood pumping? And, you know, did you have that feeling in your chest when you saw them? And then when you harvested them, are you happy with it? Then, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, you know? Yeah. You get on Instagram and Facebook and whatever else is out there. Those are the only two things I will use. Um, and you see these 250 inch deer or whatever that people are killing. Yeah. That's what they have the opportunity to kill. If what you killed was a 120 inch eight pointer and you're happy with them, stop comparing yourself to other people and wondering, well, am I as good as that person? Am I, can I hunt as good? Who cares? And I, you know, the hunting industry has done a lot of great things yep. and I've learned a lot. I mean, I killed my first buck because of Dan Johnson and Mark Kenyon listening to their podcasts, but for all the good things we do, some of the things aren't so great that we do by making people compare themselves or judging other people by the way they choose to hunt. Or I think, you know, we just mentioned it a few uh, minutes ago about the, the weapon you choose or, uh, the deer you choose to, to kill, you know, if it makes you happy and that's what you choose to do, don't worry about what other people think about it. Just enjoy yourself. And, you know, that'll, that'll make it more fun too. If you're not worried about, well, what will, what will Nate Thomas think about this deer I kill when he sees it on Facebook or on Instagram, who cares what fucking Nate Thomas thinks? Right. I almost said a bad word. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I, I try. I try not to say the f word. The other words come out of my mouth quite a bit. Right. But, you know, who cares what Nate Thomas thinks about this deer? Um, and if you do it that way, where you 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 care, you know, you just have fun, um, and then not worry about what other people think about what you're doing. It'll it'll make it more fun for you. It will, and it, it's easy. Like it is really in that you know, social media. I wouldn't say that like I, I'm not a fan. The only really thing that I care about posting on is is our page. That's, that's really the only thing. And I, there's just passion that lies behind that. Mm-hmm. But man, I tell you, I have to just really honestly during hunting season, I have to stay away from some of these platforms because people just good night. I get yeah. out of here, Vicker. Yeah. You know, try, try this for a change. Be happy for somebody when they post a picture on their, their Instagram of the deer they killed. Exactly. Hey, congratulations. Not, Oh, that's only 120 inches. I wouldn't have killed that. What, what's that matter? Like what, what is that doing for anybody? Okay. I we, so that. you're the great, great hunter in the world. Congratulations. You killed the 170 incher. That doesn't mean you're a better hunter or worse hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you live in uh Maybe you live in an area that doesn't have as good a quality of deer as other areas. But is that possible? Yeah. I mean, we're in Missouri. Yeah. Missouri is a vastly different state in different areas. I mean, you can be in northern Missouri and have some freaking giants. And then you can go to south, 
South Central Missouri and maybe they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I beg to differ. I think some of the deer in our Southern parts are just as big as the, the ones in the North, but there's some big um, so, you know, it's just one of them deals where don't worry about what other people are doing. As long as you're hunting legally and ethically hunt the way you want to hunt and enjoy yourself. Exactly. That's and there's so many ways to skin the cat nowadays, you know, whether you're a saddle hunter, you're hanging hunting, never out of a blind, but. <laughs> <laughs> there's that dude listening right now. I was like, what's so wrong with a blind? Yeah. <laughs> there is, there is nothing wrong with a blind, my friend. I just, I, I don't know why. I just feel like I've lost my, uh, okay. Here's a good way to explain it. I feel like I've lost all my senses when I'm in a blind. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm half blind, to, just no pun intended. I feel like I'm half blind and I, I don't hear anything. You know, it's just like, uh, I just feel different. I don't know why. You literally have basically tunnel vision. Right. Right out the front and maybe on your side, but you don't want those side windows down all the way either. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Now <laughs> those blind, those blind hunters are laughing at us when it's pouring down rain yeah. and I'm soaking wet and they're dry. Yeah. So, you know, there's give and take there. <laughs> the one time. Dustin and I hunted out of a blind one time together. And we, I mean, that skunk was probably 20 yards. He, we saw him run across the field directly towards us. And he was, he was almost in that blind with us. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I don't move very fast sometimes, but you want to see me, I'll book. I'll be, yeah. I'll be gone. Don't want to be sprayed by a skunk. That's for sure. No, no. I haven't closed the room after that. I mean, there's, there's just no way to solve that. Nick, he Actually, was kept telling but, me. He, <laughs> hold on now, Dustin. Are they really ruined? If you smell like a skunk, guess what you don't smell like? <laughs> just saying. Well, this, this is this is true. But at the same time, we saw the skunk that night. We never saw one deer at all. So I'm just over. I, I don't know if there's any correlation, but yeah. <laughs> Nick kept telling me. He's like, hell, shoot the damn thing. I was like, I don't want to waste an arrow. Like... <laughs> Hey, I learned a, so this is a good lesson for people. Good, good call there, Dustin. I learned really quickly. So I think you've, if you've listened to our show, you all, you've heard Andy make a joke. Not every deer hunts or not every coyote hunts a deer hunt, but every deer hunts a coyote hunt. Right. And so like, you'll be going through the season and if a coyote comes through, we'll shoot it. And I shot a coyote. What was this two seasons ago? I don't remember now. And when I shot him, I shot him with my good arrow. And my arrow went through his body and hit a rock in the field behind him and screwed up my broadhead. Ever since then, I carry what I call a trash arrow in my mm-hmm. quiver. Yep. That's that's my coyote arrow now. Um, I've ruined too many good arrows on a coyote um, to um, to probably want to admit to. But so yeah, if anybody takes anything away from today's podcast, they need to take a trash arrow with them. That is their coyote arrow or their skunk arrow or whatever else. <laughs> if they're in season, I don't, can you shoot a skunk? Is it a small game animal? At that I'm point? <laughs> I don't even know. I've never, <laughs> never shot a skunk in my life. Wouldn't, wouldn't know. That does. I mean, honestly though, whatever that falls under, you know, obviously go back through and check out the rules and regulations, but those, uh, those small fur bears, they need some, they need some management from, Oh man, raccoons! I'll tell you, uh, we did a show with MDC, and raccoons are one of the worst predators for for turkeys. Yeah, and uh, you you hear that, and then <laughs> think about where you hunt, 
I bet we had, I bet we had a dozen raccoons on, on camera one night. And you're just like, that's a bunch of turkey killers right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know my father-in-law had some problems with uh, some sort of predator getting into their chicken coop. And I mean, when you've got 20 raccoons at your house, how many more are there out there in that general area? And then you wonder why you don't see any turkeys. And then, of course, you know, Kyle, if he if he stumbles upon a, a turkey, he's going to eat it, too. So, um, yeah, we need those we need those trappers out there doing their thing some more. They're doing a great job, but there's just less and less of them than there used to be. Yeah, it's definitely kind of it seems like a lost art in a way. Well, unless you're doing it for fun, you, I mean, you don't make any money at it anymore. Right. You used to be able to trap and actually, you know, do okay for yourself. But when a raccoon pelt is a dollar 50, what, I mean, what's that? I don't even know how much one goes for, but how are you going to make any money on something like that? You're not right. You're not. So you got to You got to want to do it and enjoy doing it to do it. And there's just not as many people that, have the ability to check the traps every day and that sort of stuff. I saw, Oh man, I don't know. I don't remember what state it was, but they, they put like a bounty out. So they're paying, they're paying reward money on if somebody brings in X amount of pills for whatever it is. Yeah. That might be a good, good idea because it'll, it'll be interesting for the Missouri turkeys here in the next few years on what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've never you you read things that say bounties don't work, and then I'm not sure how they. I I would think they would have to work in getting animals dead, right? right. <laughs> you know, if you put a bounty out on them. But I don't know if it works as far as controlling that predator or not. I I, I don't think it's just the. It has to be everything, you know. Yeah. It has to be the habitat, predator control, doing our part. You know, it has to be be everything maybe letting those jakes live a little bit longer you know yeah so it'll will be interesting but yeah and i want to ask you here before uh we're kind of coming up on time i just want to give you a chance to talk about missouri woods and water what you guys have going on where people can find you so on and so forth yeah thanks um you guys can find us on any of the podcasting podcasting platforms every time i try to say that i mess it up um so any of them you know uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, you know, any podcasting platform, just search Missouri Woods and Water. We are members of the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. Um, so you can also actually find our podcast on their plat- platform as well. Um, so you can sport- search Sportsman's Nation and we'll be in there too. Um, our Instagram is at Missouri Woods and Water, all spelled out. Facebook, same thing, Missouri Woods and Water. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're Missouri boys, uh, born and raised and, um, we're all buddies and related. And we just enjoy talking hunting. So we do it every week, every Tuesday, our episodes come out and we try to try to bring some different stuff to you. Um, some topics we talk about, we don't know anything about, we're learning about it with you, uh, the listener. And, you know, we've, we've enjoyed doing that too. Uh, we've got some good shows coming up. We're getting ready to go on our elk trip like we talked about in the show. So we'll probably do some of those and um, hopefully get back from Colorado and talk about killing one. So that'd be freaking awesome. 
I'd, that'd be terrific. I would, I would much, I'd very much enjoy that. <laughs> and, and here, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> if you, if God himself came down and said, Nate, you can kill an elk this year, but you are going to really mess your hernia up packing his meat off the mountain. <laughs> I would take that right now. Take it right I'm telling now. you, that's how badly I want to kill an elk. I will make my hernia worse by packing his meat down off the mountain. I mean, you think about it, that might work out good. You get out of if September is real hot, no worries there. I mean, yeah, it'll be recovering. I go, I go and mess my hernia up, and I can't pack the meat off. So then Mike has got to do it for me. <laughs> I got to get Andy to come back up the mountain and do help me. I, I'll take it. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm saying I would allow it to happen if yeah. that's what it took. <laughs> Man, thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming on here. It's always a, it's always a real good time. It's a pleasure talking with you. You too. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Always, guys. If you get a second, go check out Missouri Woods and Water. Give them a, uh, give them a five star rating on their page. Leave them some feedback. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure if you guys have any questions about them, just reach out and message their page. They'll get right back with you. Yep. Folks, thank you for uh, listening to this episode. As always, stay safe out there and hunt relentlessly.